Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. MTSU is one of five institutions that will use a three-year Tennessee Department of Education grant of more than $926,000 to analyze the impact of Tennessee Pathways, a state program designed to make sure that the educational system provides students with the skills employers want. Dr. Cheney Mosley, an assistant professor of agricultural education, will investigate this subject, along with researchers from TDOE, UT Knoxville, the Education Strategy Group, and the University of Massachusetts. We'll travel the highways and byways of career pathways after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. MTSU faculty and staff stepped up once again in support of their neighbors by pledging a record $140,791 for the 2021-22 Employee Charitable Giving Campaign, beating the $140,000 campaign goal. In addition to the record dollar amount, this year's campaign also attracted the highest number of participants, 864. MTSU's annual charitable giving campaign is led by a committee of faculty and staff volunteers to rally financial support for worthy causes. The campaign is fueled largely by monthly payroll deductions from employees over the next year, but also allows one-time lump sum gifts at the donor's discretion. And MTSU is fine-tuning its reputation as a, quote, Grammy winner factory. This time with the official grand opening of its nearly $2 million Main Street Studios facility to train even more music industry leaders. Students, faculty, staff, and supporters of MTSU's internationally renowned Department of Recording Industry joined administrators December 3rd to welcome the public inside the relocated Studios D and E, nearly 5,000 square feet of customized, expandable, world-class classroom, laboratory, production, and gathering space adjoining the university's main entrance. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. Cheney, welcome. Thank you for being with us to talk about this. I'm happy to be here. What will your methodology be? This project uses um, a, a mixed methodology approach. It begins with quantitative analysis of data that will be collected using Tennessee's longitudinal data collection system, and it will incorporate qualitative data that will be collected using interviews and survey responses, and then both the quantitative and the qualitative data will be merged to give us a more clear picture of how Tennessee Career Pathways is preparing students for success after high school graduation. So success in post-secondary education training, college pursuits, and ultimately careers. What uh, demographic categories are important to the project as the researchers crunch the numbers? So our analysis is going to consider how the Tennessee Pathways impact varies with regard to various traits, such as economically disadvantaged students, gender, race, ethnicity, prior academic achievement, and other factors the region that the student lives in, the program of study that the student is enrolled in, things such as that. What prompted TDOE to undertake this analysis? Did the department get some anecdotal information or some sort of feedback that indicated to them the program was 
uh, was not working quite the way it should. The Tennessee Department of Education established post-secondary career success as student post-secondary career success as the primary goal for the 2019 strategic plan, which they titled Best for All. And the Tennessee Pathways Project or program was a key cross-sector initiative with, the, with that strategic plan. Anytime an organization implements a new program, it's important to evaluate that program for success and for the efficacy. And program evaluation can be timely, it can be costly. And with this IES grant, there was an opportunity to secure funding that would allow the Tennessee Department of Education to launch an investigation into the efficacy of this program. To do that helps will help the state of Tennessee identify how, where, and why the Tennessee Pathways Program is helping achieve the vision of student post-secondary and career success from their 2019 strategic plan. On the basis of uh, your knowledge and your experience as an educator, what exactly are employers looking for in recent graduates? Yeah, it's it's funny. That's a that's always a funny question to talk about because there is a mismatch between the skills that students have and the skills that students want, and that comes from uh, skills that students have after high school graduations and the skills that students have after college graduation as well. Employers are looking for employees that have both technical skills and employability skills. And career and technical education provides both of those things to students, which is one reason I believe the Tennessee Pathways program was launched because the aim is to promote seamless transitions from high school graduation to college and careers. And that doesn't occur just by a student completing a career and technical education program of study. It happens through partnerships among school districts, community colleges, and employers that collectively ensure that all students have access to rigorous aligned academic and career and technical preparation high quality career advising and support and a clear post-secondary purpose that's aligned with the abilities, the interests of the students and employment opportunities that actually exist in the region and across the state. We'll take a break right here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The mission of the June Anderson Center for Women and Non-Traditional Students is to provide education, advocacy, direct services, outreach, and programming for the MTSU campus and surrounding community on gender-related issues. The center also assists older students who are trying to balance work, college, and family. It also sponsors a monthly legal clinic, career brown bag series, book club, and a newsletter twice a year. For all of the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. MTSU's Jewish and Holocaust Studies minor offers undergraduate students a chance to study the culture and religion of the Jewish people and the Holocaust in an interdisciplinary program. 
Studies include history and culture, theology and philosophy, and the arts and social sciences. Courses tackle vital topics central to local and global awareness, including multiculturalism and the meanings of diversity, religious tolerance, and genocide. For the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Our guest is Dr. Cheney Mosley. He's an assistant professor of agricultural education, and he will be helping to analyze a state program that tries to make sure the employers get what they want out of graduates and the education system provides the employers with what uh, they want. Yet, anecdotally, you know, you used to hear employers complain, with, you know, they go to these ivory towers and the, get their heads filled with a bunch of theory and philosophies and stuff, uh, but they can't put widget A into slot B. The situation is far more nuanced and complicated than that. However, is there still some of that going on? Are they seeing people come out of the humanities with the skills necessary for 21st century employment? One of the most advantageous aspects of post-secondary education is learning a skill that is transferable across industries and across sectors. When we discuss humanities, what comes to mind to me is the essential skills of reading and writing, which relate directly to communication. And effective communication is one of the most highly sought after skills that an employer can have. You can talk to many employers and they will say, that I can hire someone and train them to be technically proficient in the skill that I want them to have. But I, it is more difficult to hire someone and train them to be effective in soft skills, including communication, collaboration, critical thinking, creativity. Employers are wanting folks who can take information, analyze issues, and work on teams to solve problems or work independently to solve problems. I think that a student who graduates with a degree in the humanities has just as much potential for career success as a student who graduates with a degree from the sciences. The career fields those two students might enter certainly vary but the skills that employers are looking for, those soft skills, they can be garnered from either of those types of programs. An employer doesn't really have time or money to invest in training you to have emotional intelligence. It's not easy to train another human being to have emotional intelligence. Uh, some people are quote unquote people persons and uh, other people have to sort of work hard at it, right? Absolutely. And there, I think that there are a few programs here at Middle Tennessee State University that are addressing things such as that. For example, we have the experiential learning certificate that helps take some of our students and put them in real world scenarios or situations where they are working collaboratively and gaining, participating in experiences that simulate the world of work at times. And they are working to solve problems so that they are better prepared to enter the workforce. We also have the undergraduate, the Eureka program, the undergraduate research program, which helps students identify issues of interest to them and of interest to others and conduct research and propose viable solutions to the, to the problems that 
they are that they're researching. And so I think that we're doing a, a decent job here at MTSU. But one aspect of the Tennessee Pathways program is to ensure that students are getting that information while they're in high school as well. When I was in high school, to date myself in the 90s, the, the primary focus was on high school graduation. And there's still an interest in that. You, When parents are looking for high schools that they might put their students in, they're looking at high school graduation rate and ACT score. But I applaud the Tennessee Department of Education because a high school graduation is not the end all be all. And our state fully recognizes that in order to have a qualified workforce that will sustain a future for our state, it's important that we not focus only on high school graduation and that we establish those partnerships with employers and higher education, even um, nonprofit organizations and sectors that can prepare the whole student and not just the academic mindset of the student. I think that's what some uh, parents who are of the other, uh, the older generation find it difficult to process because when they were in high school, the class was divided, at least in the minds of some of the teachers and administrators into two groups. The ones who took shop and were gonna go straight into the works, workforce and the ones who were going to go on to college without a heck of a lot of in-between. My father told me this because he was one of the people who helped uh, do research uh, in preparation for building the uh, community colleges, the two-year community college system in the state of Tennessee. The world of work seems to be changing faster than all generations can keep up with it. That's really what makes this career pathways uh, project so important. It, it is, Jenna, you hit, <clears throat> excuse me, you hit on a topic that is ongoing. It, it really focuses on awareness about career and technical education at the secondary level and the purpose of career and tech ed, as well as related to that, the, the, the Tennessee pathways and the advantage of that. So I taught middle and high school agriculture for seven years. And one of the laboratories that I managed was an agricultural mechanics laboratory. The parents of students who were my age or older still referred to that laboratory as the shop because that's what it was when they were in school. Or they would, uh, if a student was enrolled in my class and the parent came to tour my facilities, they might say, I don't want my student or my child enrolled in woodshop. I didn't teach woodshop. I taught welding, I taught basic engineering principles, but they saw the facility and immediately associated that with their high school experiences in the 80s and early 90s. I think that one of the ways we address that though is by changing the narrative and that happens through personal interactions and conversations. I often ask parents, what are your aspirations for your child? Do you want them to be a lawyer or a doctor or an engineer? And these are frequent career fields that parents might mention as, yeah, it'd be great if my child entered that field. And then I follow that, I follow that up with, does your child know what it means to actually do that job. More than 40% of college students in a public four-year institution will change their major. Now that's according to the National Education, National Center for Education Statistics. And anytime a student switches their major to another field, it delays their graduation and in turn 
cost more money by the, for the time that they're in college. And so I emphasize to parents, it's important that they have career-related ex experiences and exposure to a multitude of careers before they make those college decisions, before they identify a major, so that they're better prepared. And I circle back to career and technical education because when we look at the 16 national career clusters, healthcare is one of them. Public service and law is one of them. Engineering is one of them. So these career fields that we often think of as white collar professional are aligned with and a part of career and technical education. And across the state of Tennessee, we have school systems and schools that are offering career pathways that focus on things such as law, healthcare, engineering, but they also focus on other careers, career areas in Tennessee that offer viable employment for students, such as culinary arts, agriculture, food and natural resources, computer programming and information technology, and the list goes on and on. Take another break here. We'll return in just a moment. This is MTSU on the record. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. The Intercultural and Diversity Affairs Center helps to promote awareness and understanding of the wide variety of cultures represented at MTSU. The center provides information, referrals, and resources. Additionally, IDAC tries to make students from different cultures feel welcome and comfortable on campus so they can have every opportunity to fulfill their academic, social, and personal potential. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. We're back with Dr. Cheney Mosley, an assistant professor of agricultural education, who will be working with a state grant of over $900,000 over three years to analyze the impact of the state program to make sure that the educational system and employers are on the same page about how to prepare the workforce Let's examine for just a minute, uh, not just whether the educational system and the employers are on the same page, are high school educators and college educators on the same page? It, it depends on who you ask, Jenna. Some teachers would say yes. Uh, some sec secondary high school teachers would say yes, we talk to each other. And some college instructors would say yes, we talk to each other. And then quite a few would say no, we don't talk to each other. I don't know that there is 100% agreement, not only in our state, but across the nation about that. And I think it's it's field or discipline specific. Tennessee Pathways is working to combat that lack of communication through establishing or helping schools and school systems establish partnerships between local high schools, employers, and institutions of higher education that will provide that the post-secondary training and education students need before they enter the workforce. You're an assistant professor of agricultural education, so given your area of expertise, it leads one to wonder whether some kids in rural areas are some of the underserved students 
who could really benefit most from a program like this? Certainly there are students in rural areas who will benefit from Tennessee Pathways, but it's not just rural. This is not a rural versus urban conversation. It's across the state. Historically, when, when schools were designing career pathways, at times the, the career and technical education programs and studies selected were done so because of student interest, which is very important, teacher skill set, which is also very important, but not as much attention was given to industry demands. And I think that's where the mismatch came. But Career Pathways is addressing that by requiring that to become a certified career pathway, a school system must be able to demonstrate that the career and technical education programs and study offered within their schools are aligned with the needs of the workforce. And this is where those, the youth from rural, suburban, and urban areas, regardless of background, have the best opportunity for success. Because if it is a certified career pathway, parents of those children and those students know that they are completing three to four years of study in a career and technical education area. They know they have access to early post-secondary opportunities through either dual enrollment or dual credit. And they know that they have opportunities to high quality work-based learning, which grounds those students in the world of work and gives them real world working experiences so they have a better perspective of where they're going. But most importantly, they know that they are gaining experience and perspective and preparation for a career field in which actual employment opportunities exist. And that is the best thing that Pathways is doing for Tennessee high school students. It's not offering them the promise of a successful future for studying an area in which there are not career opportunities. I applaud every school system that is undertaking that challenge because it's not easy to bring industry, higher education, and the public school system all to the same table to have a focused conversation and agree on the best way to serve the needs of Tennessee students. But Tennessee Pathways is doing that. Are there some uh, students who it is, it's difficult to get them to focus on preparing themselves for either careers or college because there are always some kids in high school who just want to enjoy their youth a little bit longer and not take on those sorts of adult responsibilities or at least those sorts of adult thoughts. Yeah, Tennessee has been working to address that for a while. You know, the, the graduation requirements to, to graduate from high school have changed significantly since I was in high school. Maybe students are required to have more years of of math, more years of science, a focused program of study is now a requirement to graduate. And these weren't things that I encountered when I was graduating high school. Beyond that, they're also required to take some courses, a course in financial literacy. So the focus isn't only preparing them for post-secondary education and career. The focus is also shifted on preparing students to be productive citizens. Career education and, and career counseling and career guidance is occurring at more intense levels now at the middle school level and career exploration is happening even more so in elementary school as well. So that students are at least becoming exposed to a multitude of career options. That transition from eighth grade to ninth grade, it can be a difficult one, especially when many students across our state are expected to 
select a career technical education program of study that might start in the ninth grade. And it does give both students and families pause because making that decision at first seems it's akin to choosing a major in college. And that can be concerning, but students are not locked in to a specific career field once they choose a program of study. Uh, They could complete four years, a four-year program of study in computer networking, graduate high school, and then go to uh, post-secondary education and become a chef. So there's nothing that locks them in, uh, but it does give them that that career preparation. And a student is not locked into a four-year program of study either. A student might start in engineering, take that first course and go, this is not for me. And then flip over to teaching as a profession and realize this is where I needed to be all along. I enjoy working with students and now I think that I want to be a teacher. So there are multiple opportunities for career exploration. It's cute to ask a six-year-old, what do you want to be when you grow up? Because it's good for the child to explore possibilities and there's no stress, no pressure. If you're still asking the same question at age 32, you've got a problem. Yeah, my uh, my six-year-old maintains that the only job he wants to do when he gets older, when he grows up, is make and sell popsicles. And so I shift the narrative and say, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur. That's great. We need to figure out some sort of business that you can launch now so you can start selling things. And if popsicles is what you want to do, we're going to figure out how to help you make popsicles now. And let's see if there's a market for that. You know, using these words that are so above his head, and he just gives me the, the glossy eyed stare. But it, it is funny hearing the, the descriptions of what he wants to do. And then my four-year-old wants to do what I do. He wants to be a teacher and he wants to be in the army and he wants to be in college, not realizing that college is not a, is not a career, although some of our students seem to make college a career at times. Dr. Cheney Mosley, an assistant professor of agricultural education. Thank you, Cheney, for being our guest today on MPSU on the Record. Thank you for having me. We'll be right back. Women in Science and Engineering, or WISE, helps college women prepare for and become involved in science-related careers. WISE nurtures women's interest in these fascinating and critical fields and provides mentoring and networking opportunities. The group's main goal is to assure women of their importance in all scientific and technical fields, and to promote equal opportunity and treatment of women in science. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte Gross, WISE Advisor. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms, There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. Gina Fan has the middle moment. The organizers of MTSU's Fall True Blue Blood Drive are thankful every year for the entire campus community's life-saving gifts of time, energy, and blood. This year, though, their gratitude's especially profound, and they hope the spirit that inspired the students faculty, staff, alumni, supporters, and neighbors from across the mid-state to give 362 units of blood in three days at MTSU continues into the new year as we share the gift of life at an American Red Cross blood drive. Ray Wiley, Assistant Director of Campus Recreation at MTSU and the Drives Committee Chairman, has thanks and encouragement for everyone who bleeds true blue. It's an incredible opportunity for our students, faculty, staff, 
the campus community, the community of Murfreesboro, the surrounding area can all come together and support something that is so positive and life-changing. And year after year, everybody buys in. And, and you just see these, these kids coming out that have never given before, getting over their fears and stepping up and, and being willing to, to give of their, their time, their, their energy, their blood, you know? And, and it's such a, an amazing event to see. And I'm so appreciative and so grateful every year when they do step up like this. That's MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU on the Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.